Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Join me in the first reading, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our second reading will be from Matthew, chapter 15, verses 10 through 20. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. Then the disciples came to him and asked, uh, Did you know the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them, and they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth in, goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. 
movie that we all know all so well. Uh, I encourage you to have your bulletins out. I encourage you to have those every week as we, as we go through this because it does have the compass guide in the back with all the scripture readings and the questions for you to reflect on throughout the week, but also that space for you to take notes so that when the Spirit nudges you this morning, because I know the Spirit will nudge you, you can write that down so you don't forget it. Uh, so you remember that uh, tomorrow or later on this week when you, when you think about it. Will you pray with me this morning? Gracious and almighty God, we, uh, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, as we gather together in this place or from homes all across this world, God, we truly understand your words for us today. And God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words for your people. And so, Creator God, break through our lives and journey of hope with new opportunities, new life, and new power to do far more than we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last week, last week we had some technical difficulties. I really apologize to all of you at home who are watching and and only got part of the service, or maybe you logged off, and and some of you got back on after the service came back on a little bit later. but the video stopped somewhere around the opening scripture, and, uh, and for those who are at home, didn't get a chance to hear the wonderful choir. Uh, hopefully things have gone better this day, because I haven't seen anybody scrambling in the back so far. Uh, well, a few days later, I, I was putting the video together to, uh, to upload to our YouTube channel, and, uh, and I was matching the podcast audio with the remaining video portion of the live stream uh, so that we could have something for all of those uh, that missed the whole service or the whole sermon last week. I didn't want anybody to miss uh, what we were talking about uh, with this series. However, it was at one point while watching the portions of what we had of the message, I saw something strange, and I wonder if you saw it too. There was an image of me delivering the message, kind of like I am here already this morning, with a caption just below it. And the caption said, if I only had a brain. (laughs) Got me thinking that maybe I should have thought about the message titles a little more closely. (laughs) Well, if you missed it, last week we started this series, uh, Journey to Oz. Uh, we focused on the scarecrow and his search for a brain. We talked about he actu- how he actually used his brain throughout the entire movie without maybe even knowing about it. We also talked about godly wisdom and how Solomon received his and why it's important for us to use our intellect while studying Scripture. John Wesley used something called the quadrilateral to discern theological beliefs and foundations of this Methodist movement. The four parts of this process, if you remember from last week, included uh, scripture is primary, reason, tradition, and experience. But today, as we continue on our journey to Oz, we make the longest journey. The longest journey of about 18 inches. You might have heard about this. It is the distance between our head and our heart. Make that journey here this morning. I think something got lost. Uh, well, actually, you know, yeah, because as we talk about that distance, it, you know, the first week was Scarecrow, and Scarecrow is talking about his brain, and now we're faced with a tin man who is, who is looking for a heart. 
And I think that something really got lost in translation with this character and the dialogue that is shared in the story because, because as we saw earlier, the scarecrow used his brain throughout the movie. The Tin Man, however, doesn't exude the same characteristics. Or does he? As I was reviewing the story once again, I noticed that the Tin Man does an awful lot of crying in this movie. This in itself is not too bad, but crying does something really bad to the Tin Man. And you might know that it makes him rust, and then he's unable to move. There's probably a deeper truth found there that we probably should discuss at a later time. While we think that the heart and the emotions that come with it, there is certainly more than just this emotion of, of sadness causing the crying. Some of the other feelings that we assimilate with the heart could be compassion, empathy, love, tenderness, care, forgiveness, and so many others. But when we hear the Tin Man talk about this, it's more of glorified sentimentality. However, in his song, he shares a hint at just what is truly at the heart of the matter because he says this, just to register emotion, jealousy, devotion, and really feel the part. The Tin Man doesn't just want the emotions. He wants to truly feel them. He wants the emotions to be real. I think this is what God wants for us too. God doesn't just want us going through the motions. We need to be all in, fully participating in the grace of God and living out the gospel truth in our lives. I want to play another clip from this movie for you. And, and this one is at the moment when the characters are receiving their gifts. Uh, the great and powerful Oz is handing these out. And so here is just a short clip of the Tin Man's gift. As for you, my galvanized friend, you want a heart. You don't know how lucky you are not to have one. Hearts will never be practical until they can be made unbreakable. But I, I still want one. Back where I come from, there are men who do nothing all day but good deeds. They are called Philip, uh, Philip uh, yes, uh, good deed doers. And their hearts are no bigger than yours. But they have one thing you haven't got, a testimonial. Therefore, in consideration of your kindness, I take pleasure at this time in presenting you with a small token of our esteem and affection. And remember, my sentimental friend, that a heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others. Hearts will never be practical until they are made to be unbreakable. Really, Oz? <laughs> Could that actually be true? Now, I know that broken hearts are difficult to deal with, but if you think back over your life, you think back to all those moments when you felt your heart breaking. Was there a greater truth that came out of it? Was there a lesson that you know now that you wouldn't have if you had never had your heart broken? I, I'm sorry, but I just don't agree with the great and powerful Oz on that one. 
However, Oz does talk about people who he calls, uh, where he searched for the words, good deed doers. I think we all can agree that we need more good deed doers in our lives. But is this all it takes? I think if we think about what it means to live a good life, there are a certain number of good deeds that we must do in order, or I should say, is there a certain number of good deeds that we must do in order to be considered a good person? Where is that bar? Where is that number? Are you keeping track? Do we have a notebook in our back pocket that we keep checking off and saying, man, if I can just get to this number, I'll be good? What number of deeds does it take to reach heaven? Is that a different number? Is that what you're striving for? I mean, I think we all know the answer to that. But if you're questioning this or, or maybe counting the number of deeds that you've accomplished so far, so far, hoping that it is enough, let me tell you, it's not. Not because you need more, but because you don't need any. God's grace is given freely to those who just believe no deeds necessary. This was one of the main reasons that Martin Luther split from the church, nailing those 95 things to the wall so many years ago. We are saved by grace, not by works. However, there is a truth to be found here that John Wesley believed, and it has to do with our hearts. Let's back up just a bit before we get there. In Colossians today, we hear about how we are to live. Words like compassion, uh, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience are found here. So is forgiveness. We need to forgive. We need to live in harmony with each other. Can I just say that it would be wonderful if we could truly live in harmony with each other? Think of the ways this world could look so different. Racial, political, and social differences would be put aside, and we would love each other just for who we are, God's holy people. Please try. That's all I ask. Back to the list. These are all good things, and there's even more, and actually we can see them uh, in the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It just says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the things that, that manifest in our hearts. These give us a roadmap of how we are to live our lives. But that list is not enough. Jesus talks about this in our morning passage from Matthew this morning. I know that it might be a little confusing to, to hear about eating with hands that weren't washed. Although, I do strongly encourage you to do that. It's not a law of the church, but I think you probably should follow that. But then again, Jesus has a way of teaching using everyday items and situations. 
Many of you who are attending Robin's class here on Sunday mornings are, are reading those stories of Jesus and you're finding out about all of those. But here is a short teaching about eating. Or is it? Jesus is actually talking about what goes in a person and what comes out of a person. What he is saying is that words and actions are direct reflection of what is in our hearts. Good or bad, these are manifestations of our true self. It will probably make more, even more sense when I set the context for you. You see, context in Scripture is key to the understanding of the teaching that is found within it. We need to know the whole story, even what happens before it and sometimes what happens after it. So this teaching from Jesus comes about because Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees. And he's being questioned about why his disciples are eating without washing their hands. This is a temple tradition, a temple law, and they are breaking it. But what Jesus is getting at here is the deeper reason for the Pharisees holding on to the law. Jesus wants to know where their heart is. He quotes Isaiah in verses 8 and 9. He says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Their heart is far from me. The Pharisees were doing things because they were told to. Not because they wanted to. It was a paradigm shift in thinking. We go from following Jesus not because we have to, but because we want to. Can you see the difference in that thinking? The heart matters. Our affections matter. John Wesley talked about this when he preached a sermon called Circumcision of the Heart. It was the difference between the past heart, which was filled with sin, and the new heart, the clean heart that the, that the choir just sang about, which is filled with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wesley ends this sermon with these words. Desire not to live, but to praise his name. Let your thoughts, words, and works tend to his glory. Set your heart firm on him and on other things only as they are in and from him. Let your soul be filled so entire a love of him that you may love nothing but for his sake. Have a pure intention of heart, a steadfast regard to his glory in all of your actions. It's all about the heart. It's all about our affections, our emotions. It's all about the reason that we do things. It is all done to the glory of God, not because we have to or, we, or because we've been commanded to, but because we so desire a strong relationship with our Creator that we want to do all of those things. Sure, 
The world would be a better place because of it. But that just means that we will be participating in the kingdom of God. So speaking of the heart and how important it is to our faith, let me share with you the entry from John Wesley's journal on May 24th, 1738. Setting the context for you. This was after he had many encounters with, with the group of Moravians that I talked about last week. Conversations with a particular Moravian by the name of Peter Bowler and Bible studies and prayer meetings with some of those same Moravians. This entry was entered following a prayer meeting that Wesley attended with them. And here's what he wrote. In the evening... I went, very unwillingly, to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. John Wesley, after years and years of preaching faith and assurance, finally had it for himself. His heart was fully in it. And he knew that Jesus had removed his sins and saved him. His heart was strangely warmed. When was the last time you felt your heart strangely warmed? When it comes to your faith in God, is your heart in it? Or are you just going through the motions? A professor from seminary once told me of of an encounter he had with a Catholic priest. Although he was not supposed to because of the tradition in the church in which he served, this priest celebrated Eucharist with my professor. At the conclusion, they discussed this holy moment that they had shared And he shared about the many times this United Methodist pastor celebrated the Eucharist over the years. He told him that he could manipulate the symbols of the faith, but that this priest participated in the realities. This pastor could manipulate the symbols, but the priest that he encountered Eucharist with said that he participated in the realities. A little later, we're going to celebrate Holy Communion. And I want you to reflect on whether your heart is truly in this moment. Are you participating in the realities of what is happening? Are you merely manipulating the symbols? Are we just good deed doers? Or do we join our hearts with our mission? Do we connect the head with the heart 
and go out into mission. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we hear words today of of making sure that our heart is all in. Of making sure that, that we are doing and saying all the right things for the right reasons. And it's not because we've just been commanded to or because it's something that we should do. But help us to make that shift to saying that this is, this is what we do because we want to. God, our hearts are in it. Our hearts long for this connection with you. So create in us, God, a clean heart, a new heart. God, make something beautiful of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Music has this way of just speaking to our hearts. Speaking those words that, that we can't speak with a normal voice. The melody, the words combine with something absolutely beautiful that warms our hearts. And I wonder if your hearts were warmed today. As we heard messages about the heart and about how God calls it to grow and how God calls us to do things for the right reasons, and that is because we want to, not because we have to. And maybe your heart sings. Maybe your heart sings out words like, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Go forth from this place knowing that you belong to this beautiful community, to this beautiful family called Journey of Hope. And that as we go across the hall to receive uh, more uh, fellowship time and more refreshments, that we continue our conversations over there, that we continue to love each other and to, and to care for each other. But go forth knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.